Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... <laughs> oh, do I say yeah, it? Yeah, that's, that's I'm too. David Broyles, uh, also known as Dr. Pants. Hi, Dr. Pants. Hey. <laughs> um, so, for those of you that don't know, uh, I guess, who are you? Who's, who's Dr. Pants? Uh, well, Dr. Pants is... Um, Sort of a like <laughs> stage name slash band name that I uh, started using in the very late 1990s um, because I just, I don't know, I was tired of using my own. I'd been performing under my own name for, mm. I don't know, six or seven years at that point, but I was... I don't know. I was tired of that. And so <laughs> I just, and you know, I was, uh, yeah, I was looking for like something, some sort of, so, uh, you know, moniker I could operate under, whether it was just me or it was a whole band or it was, you know, whatever. And mm -hmm. so, um, that was what I came up with and I, uh, um, yeah. And so it's been just sort of, that's been, that's been the deal since then. Like there were, there were a few years in the, sort of uh early to mid aughts where like you could occasionally find me playing an acoustic gig just as as David Broyles but that I kind of put the kibosh on that after a while <laughs> and 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 now especially um even if it is just me I still bill it as Dr. Pants because mm -hmm. now there's another guy named David Broyles in Oklahoma City who's also a musician and plays oh, gigs weird. under his name. Yes. <laughs> and we've met and we for, for a long time we were just we just knew because knew, knew of each other because of Guitar Center like cuz they <laughs> we would tell give him they always ask you for your name and then they're like the one and so and so I was like no that's the other guy yeah. like and um but then we ended up, we met in person, he came to a gig, and we actually did a couple gigs as David Broyles and David Broyles, which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, and so, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's just Dr. Pants. And then, you know, uh, I teach here at ACM, and I tell the students they can call me Dr. Pants, so a lot of them do, and, you know, and it's, I mean, it's, so it's become... A nickname right. in other contexts, yeah, yeah. Also, so <laughs> sometimes uh, just pants. Sometimes just pants. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, where does the name Doctor Pants come from? Uh, I was, I'd say probably, I don't know. I was probably like halfway through college in the '90s, and sort of just that word pants just became just sort of an obsession not only for me there was there were then i mean it's a long story there were like some <laughs> musicians i was playing with at various times and um we all really liked the word and then so so yeah so i was just like and, and well and then the my original plan was just to have like i wanted to call my project just the pants the pants and um like my first job out of college I actually worked for this uh, small record label uh, that had an office in Santa Fe where I went to school, and uh, <laughs> on like it was one of those old Apple computers, and I just put in like text, like in a certain font, as my screensaver, and so I just had the word pants just 
coming up like as my screensaver <laughs> and one of the guys one of the other guys who worked there who's from New York he just he walks in and he just looked at the computer and he's just like oh yeah there was this band back in New York called the Pants and like dang it yeah and I mean and and you know I don't know I don't know if they were still active at the time I don't but you know but I was like no one we will not you know I was still, no one shall have the same name as my project. <laughs> and so anyway, so I took pants and then I put doctor in front of it because there's always been at least a little bit of a funk informed element to some of what I do. And the doctor reminded me of like Dr. Funkenstein, P funk, that mm. kind of thing. And so that was, that was kind of where it came from. Yeah. 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 So are you allowed to use the, the moniker doctor without, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty clear to everybody that it's, you know, that it's just a, <laughs> that it's just a name. And right. I'm not actually, I don't actually have a doctorate in anything. Yeah. <laughs> I've self-imposed honorary doctorates or, yeah. or one doctorate singular. <laughs> uh, this guy in, in the revolution, does he have a Oh yeah. Dr. Fink. Doctor? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know if Dr. Yeah. Fink has a doctorate or not. That's a good question. <laughs> that was, I, you know, I got to meet him after they were mm-hmm. here and. That that was not one of the questions that occurred to me to ask. Huh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, well, I guess if anyone can get to him, find out. Uh, okay, so how did you first start with music? Um, gosh, I, I mean, music was always a thing for me. Like even from in my early childhood, like I was the kid who. Uh, like at three, four years old was flipping through my parents' record collection and like handing things to my mom's like, play yeah. this. What does this sound like? And, yeah. Um, and so. Real quick. What was one of those early records that you remember? Well, I mean, probably, I mean, there were, there were a number of them that were impactful. I mean, probably if, you know, the most impactful would be they, you know, my parents had a copy of, uh, the Beatles, uh, it was the 1962 to 1966 compilation, the one with the red border hmm. around it. And uh, that was probably the most impactful thing out of all of them. But there were other, I mean, uh, like Buddy Holly and uh, singer-songwriter stuff from the 70s, like Carol King, James Taylor. Hmm. Um, uh, and then, well, and I, you know, I, was, uh, I wasn't really, this was sort of like, like, and when my dad had this box of, of 45s from like his teenage years, it was all like, you know, late fifties, rock and roll stuff, you know, Chuck Berry, um, Elvis and things like that. Mm-hmm. And like he would, uh, at various points in our childhood, he would, uh, like he'd make a, like a, like a mixtape of all the stuff from his 45s. <laughs> and then we would like play that on like car trips and like, we'd play the thing until it wore out. And so yeah, he'd, have yeah. to, he'd have to make another one. <laughs> and like, and, um, uh, and so, so that was like, that was like literally like the first like mixtape, like mm-hmm. I ever remember was yeah, that, yeah. that was, had all my dad's 45s on. And then he had some other like random stuff in there. Like he had, a, he had a 45 of American pie where like the nine minute song or whatever was split over the two sides. <laughs> and so like for a long time, um, you know, I, my knowledge of that song was like, Oh, it fades out right here. And then it fades uh, back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Like it was in, and it was funny when I finally heard it all at once, all at the same time, I was like, Oh, okay. This makes a little more sense. Yeah, but, yeah. um, anyway, so there was all that stuff. And then, 
I mean, I probably I look in second or third grade was probably when I I started listening to Top Forty Radio, and that was the early '80s, and it was a long time ago. But it was actually a fairly interesting time to to start to become aware of Top Forty Radio, and then <laughs> um, and around that time, I started taking piano lessons. Also, took those for a few years, um, but then quit. I don't really know exactly why I quit. I just, well, I had to switch teachers and I don't think I liked my new teacher as well. And right. anyway, and it's not and, like any kid actually uh, likes doing it. Right. Piano. I mean, I liked it probably more than your <laughs> average kid, at least to a degree, but it was, but at the same time, you know, there were things about it that, you know, were getting in the way of my, you know, whatever else <laughs> that I wanted to do as a kid. Sure. But and then in eighth grade, I picked up the guitar and started doing that. And, uh, it probably took like I was like I had experimented even as a grade schooler like I had experimented with writing like song lyrics mm -hmm. like it was all terrible because I was a grade schooler but yeah, it yeah. was but but I was engaged in the act to some degree and then like I started playing guitar and like um, probably started to at least attempt to write songs from the point where I could like string enough chords together to do it. Sure. Um, you only need like two or three. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> but then, and you know, I was still writing lyrics and the, but there were, there were a finite number of moments for a couple of years there where like the, like the, the, the music part over here and the lyric part over here actually came together into yeah, some yeah. sort of recognizable whole. <laughs> I probably, by the time I was probably 16 or so, um, so a couple years into high school, like I had actually managed to write some, like some actual songs, like some things where it's like, oh, I wrote music, I wrote lyrics. Mm. You know, some of them I even maybe wrote them sort of kind of to you know, at the same time enough that right. it really that it really felt like something coherent, like mm -hmm. and um, yeah, and I mean, I I started to do things like play in the school high school talent show and yeah and things like that, and then I joined my first band at the end of my junior year of high school. We did mostly covers. Like, what was that terrible band name? Oh, it was it was a pretty bad band name. They, <laughs> and I joined. Well, I joined them. They already had their name when I joined, mm. and so they were called Section Sixteen Four. Hmm. A lot of numbers. Yeah, it was apparently like they were needed a name, and they like looked down at somebody's like science textbook or something, ah, and it said Section Sixteen Four. <laughs> why not? Sounded vaguely, I don't know, sci-fi or some crap. Mm. But I, you know. But it was a fun band to be in, and they were, you know, the, the other guys in the band actually did have some skill. Like we, you know, we could have been way worse, you know, and um, uh, and we did mostly covers. I mean, I got them to play like a couple of my originals. Nice. Before, you know, three out of four of us graduated, and it fell apart. You know? Yeah. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, and there was that, and then and then when I was uh, also when I was a senior for Christmas, I got my first like four track cassette recorder, mm. and uh, and I had always dreamed of doing like when I was, I had always dreamed of like oh I, I'd love to just you know record something and you know put together a little cassette of something and um, 
uh, and when I got the four track, like I got the four track at Christmas, and by April, like I had recorded like a little, like you know, fifteen song cassette of like my original songs that I was making <laughs> copies of and selling yeah. to people for five bucks, and and so and and it would I'm really on some level at that point, like once once I had that in my hands, and I was like, I've got this thing now that says I write songs and I play them, <laughs> yeah, and, and it, there was kind of no looking back after that, and um. Are those are those cassettes still around? There, I have one copy of that particular cassette. I was just looking at it the other night, and there, there are a few people out there. I I think who still have them. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people got rid of them, but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there there are probably a few that exist. Um, I actually just for fun, sort of just for fun, because um, it was this year is the. The 25th anniversary of that first cassette, mm. I put a uh, sort of a, a, a reissue of it on <laughs> on my Bandcamp page, nice. and I even like you know, kind of trolled through my archives and found like some live performances and things of a few of those songs, and yeah. tacked some bonus tracks on the end of it. And cool. so it's actually up; you can download it for five dollars right now. All right, right? Cool. so anyway, but uh, away. <laughs> yeah, but uh, to, you know, hear my juvenilia as it were, but. Um, uh, but yeah, and it, so that I mean it, that I think that's the end of the story as far as like how I got started. Because like <laughs> yeah. after that, there was like I don't think I ever considered not doing it. Anymore, yeah, yeah. You know? So, um, well, yeah, and that that kind of leads to my next question: like, what made you, or why did you decide to make music your career, <laughs> or, um, or or not a real job? Or right, I you know. I think somewhere in there, somewhere in there during during the high school years, I think it, it just occurred to me that I that there was really nothing else that that held um, that kind of interest or passion for me, yeah. and I think I was just maybe you know naive or idealistic enough to be like, well, you know, I'm sure I can, I'll figure it out, you know? Sure. And, and I, and it's not, and it's not that it's, it's, I mean, certainly hasn't been without its challenges. I mean, there were, you know, I mean, I worked a retail management job for years and I, um, where uh, like my wife and I have either for my stuff or her stuff would, you know, just try and play gigs on the weekend and, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> do these tiny little road trips where we would go and play like one show and come back and you know things like that and I mean we did that for years and and I think that um and well and the whole is sort of being married to someone who also sort of mm -hmm. had the same kind of passion and attitude about it yeah probably helped also because it was like oh, okay like this is like the one thing that I don't like. You're like the one person that I don't have to explain this to. Yeah, like yeah. You, you know, and um, and so, so yeah. I and I certainly there. You know, when what I always thought was like, like I used to hear story. I heard stories in high school and college about like, oh, you know, my friend was a, you know, French horn player, but like he just totally burned out and quit. And I'm like, well. That's 
that's just like one music thing that you can do. Like there are a lot of other things like Mm -hmm. there's all, you know, and, and I think that when I was also lucky, I mean, I was lucky enough to go to a, an undergrad program that was like, no, you should actually learn how to do, you know, a bunch of different things Mm -hmm. and not just, you know, they, they were very much not, of the conservatory mindset at all. And, mm. and so I, I think that, and I, and I don't know, I, I, I feel like I'm rambling, but the, yeah, it just never, nothing never, else. it never occurred to me that there was, <laughs> yeah, there was anything else worth, were, you know, worth mm. pursuing in that way. I think there, there have definitely been times where I, or there were definitely times at least, um, in the past where, well, sure, I may consider, like, trying to get some sort of other day job that maybe is more stable or whatever, but, like, the idea that, like, the idea of not doing music or not having the goal of, like, you know, music being a significant part of my life in that way, like, that was never, that was just never in play. And then yeah, yeah. I think that I, you know just the the fact that I get to do what I do here at ACM and, you know, the fact that basically, you know, what I do here is so strongly connected to that other thing. Like that's exactly, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I couldn't, couldn't have asked for, you know, a better mm-hmm. sort of, you know, day job in that, at least at this point, you know, so <laughs> at least, you know, in terms of the satisfaction and the, yeah, the passion part of it. Right, yeah. Um, I'll make a mental note of the teaching thing because I have questions for that. But okay. uh, <laughs> um, what, what was your undergrad in? And, my and then, like, my undergrad, your... I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Contemporary Music Performance. Okay. And it was, it's not, it wasn't instrument specific. Like it was, and, you know, I have, I have friends who got the exact same degree, but you know, came out of there having sort of really sort of had a different, having had a different focus than I did. Mm -hmm. You know, they, it was, it was a relatively new program. It was newer. um, I think when I got there to be in, it was newer than ACM was when I started teaching Mm -hmm. here and uh, it only been around for a couple of years. And, you know, like I said, they encouraged a certain diversity of, uh, yeah, of yeah. things that they wanted you to do, you know, but at the same time, you were also able to, able to sort of like try and, you know, tailor your experience mm-hmm. to what you were really interested in. And, you know, I was interested in songwriting. I was interested in composition. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of what I ended up doing sort of tended to skew that way, you know, whereas I have a friend, Marty Schwartz, who... Uh, you know, he, like I said, he graduated with the exact same degree I did, but he was just guitar, guitar, guitar all the time. Like he was right. a guitar player, like, and still is a guitar player. Like his, <laughs> he makes, I think a good chunk of his living through like uh YouTube tutorial guitar videos now. Sure. Like, and, and, uh, but also, you know, has, you know, plays and, and does gigs and the whole thing. But like it, it was, but it was one of the, it was, but it was kind of a, I mean, I think it was a, little bit of a lightning in the in a bottle scenario being there during that time because yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that people who went through the program later necessarily were able to sort of you know sculpt their experience in that way but at the same time the other thing about it was it's like okay it it was the going to doing a degree like that was like it was what you made of it and yeah, those, yeah. the people who did who went in there and weren't like 
you know, sort of super hyper aware of like the opportunity that yeah, they yeah. had happened upon. Like they sort of burned out after a couple of years and like, I'm not really getting anything out of this. I'm like, you're not really putting anything into this, like, yeah. you know, but like whatever. And so, <laughs> um, and, uh, so yes, yeah, so that was, that it was at the college of Santa Fe in New Mexico, which is, actually now a defunct institution. Oh, my, my college went out of business in 2009. Um, and then they replaced, they, the, a new uh, company came in and, and established a school there called the Santa Fe University of Art and Design. And actually the music program continued on with some of the same faculty. But uh, anyway, but then that school went out of business. And <laughs> uh, this pa- I think it was uh, this May, yeah, this past May, last month, the last class graduated and, and now they're going <laughs> to do something else with the campus and you know, yeah. It's, yeah, there's not going to be a weird. school there at all. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty weird, but you know, it kind of makes it, I, I think I, I makes me, a, I mean, I'm happy for a lot of reasons that I went and did a master's degree at UCO, but mm-hmm. like, it feels good to kind of have like, well, I have another alma mater now. And it's not just the one that's, yeah. that, 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 that went away and that doesn't <laughs> exist. It's, I have a degree, you know, it exists. I have a degree, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't invalidate my degree, but right, still, no, I like... Know, but still telling people that... Yeah, it's like, I went to this is... place that there's not, it's not a thing anymore, <laughs> that place. Um, so, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but like, so what is your primary instrument, if that even is like a thing? I that... mean, my primary instrument is guitar, for lack of a better... I mean, I there's no... It's certainly the instrument that I know best and that I feel most comfortable on. Mm. Um, I can, you know, hack my way around on several <laughs> other instruments, but like, um, but yeah, and I, I don't, but I'm always going to feel like, well, I'm a, you know, a songwriter and composer whose primary instrument is guitar as opposed to like, I'm a guitar player. You know? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not that, I mean, I've, I've, managed to accomplish things on the guitar that I'm relatively happy with a lot of the time, but it's, <laughs> it's not, um, but I don't live and breathe gu- the, the guitar the way so many yeah, yeah, guitarists yeah. do. Well, <laughs> last week I had Ted to my right. on. <laughs> Talk about living and breathing the guitar. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and I mean, in a weird way, like, thank you for that because I, I also don't really have, a primary instrument and it's, it's weird cause, mm-hmm. cause you sort of get asked like, Oh, what do you play? It's like my primary instrument is, it's songwriting. It's composition. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Like in, in, in grad school at UCO, they would be like, so what's your instrument? And I would be like guitar. And they would be like, yeah, I, I would get this really, I would get yeah, some yeah. sideways glances and you know, Dr. White would be like, well, what, style of guitar, like classical folk jazz. I was like a little of everything, <laughs> like, you know, um, and, and just, and well, yeah. And, and also cause like, well, you know, like Dr. McGrill, like we, if you, I mean, you know, you've been in lessons yeah, yeah. with him or whatever. I mean, you know, he is a composer, but he is also, he is a pianist. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> on a very real level, like mm. probably, you know, it's to a degree more so maybe than I am a guitarist. Like I'm still, mm. a, I'm, like I said, I do things on the guitar that I'm happy with a lot of the time in, you know, not only, you know, composed and, you know, context, but, you know, but improvised context also, mm. but, but at the same time, I'm very aware of my limitations and I'm, you know, that I have limitations. Whereas like, 
you know, Dr. McGrill, it's like, well, it's, he can pretty much pick up and sight read just about <laughs> anything. Um, he may not, I don't know if, how much of an improviser he is, but he's got to be a little bit at least geared that way, sure. you know, from the composing standpoint. And so mm-hmm. anyway, but yeah, I mean, it's, it can, it, 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 I think, I'm glad I'm I'm glad that I'm at least as facile on the guitar that I as I am, mm. and I'm glad that I have a good enough understanding of music theory that like I can apply that to different instrument contexts and things like that. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. I don't have to to view it or experience it like specifically through the guitar in order to understand it. Sure. Um. And so so yeah. Um. So you recently got your master's mm-hmm. in composition. Yes. What, what made you decide to go for that? Well, I had actually been thinking. I mean, I had thought about a master's degree for you know it always it always been some somewhere in the back of my mind since I graduated with my bachelor's. Like I think at the time when I finished my bachelor's, I was. Feeling a little like I had, I had, I had, I had had such a unique experience doing my bachelor's mm. that, but I was, I think I was spoiled to the point where I was like, well, if I can't have a similar experience doing my master's, then I just <laughs> don't want to do it, you know. And and what I would get from you know my like my professors would be like, well, there's this school. And they would really like this part of what you do, but they wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have any use for this part of what mm. you do. And like at the time, I was just like, "Well, screw them," you know. Like, and and mm. and so, so I just didn't really try to go anywhere or do anything. And um, and but it all, but it always sort of gnawed at me. And I think that like, like at a certain point whether I said it to out loud to anybody or not, like I think I decided like, well, if I ever go back to school, I'll get a master's in composition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still wasn't sure like, well, where I would do that or what, you know, like anything like that. And then I start teaching here. And then I can't remember, I can't remember what order I met somebody, excuse me. I met somebody who was a singer songwriter, mm-hmm. but had just gotten a master's in composition at NYU. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you do this thing and you do this thing. So like, and I had a cool conversation with her and I was like, well, I can't, like, I couldn't write a fugue to save my life. Like, I don't, <laughs> right. you know, like, and she's like, oh, it's, don't worry about any of that. Like, and um, she's, she's like, do you have things that you wrote at least at one time, like, you know, on paper for instruments like that? I was like, yeah. And. She's like, you know, they're just going to want, you know, most places they'll just want to see a portfolio of some of the things that you've done. And, and, uh, it's not, you know, she's like, as, as sort of, you know, the, the traditional degrees go or, you know, things like that, it's like, you're actually going to be, you know, in some ways in less of a box than some of the, Mm. you know, some of the other people pursuing masters and other parts of the discipline are. And, and so, at that point, like I started to feel more optimistic about it. And then, you know, I started teaching here. And then once we all, once a bunch of us went full time, you know, it was like, oh, okay, you know, if you have a master's, you'll get this much more money. And, and then you could go and get a master's from UCO and whatever. And like the tuition would be super cheap and this mm. and that, whatever. And I was like, okay, well, it's hard to, there's, there's, it's hard to argue against it at yeah, this yeah. point. And so, um, 
really at the time, the only argument against it was that uh, we had we had one child, and she was when I started grad school. She was uh, oh, how old was she? Hang on, I started in the fall of twenty. She was she had just she turned two right after I started grad school, mm-hmm. and then. And we didn't have a second child at that time, nor were we pregnant with one. (laughs) Um, But then we became pregnant with one, you know, a a few months after that. And so, like, at the end of my first year of grad school, our son was born, and there was a whole crazy set of circumstances surrounding that that, you know, basically kind of made uh, sort of like the month before, like the two months <laughs> that he was born, sort of in, he was born on May yeah, 5th. Yeah. So the month before that and the month after that were two of the most like insanely stressful and uh, <laughs> months of our entire lives. But all that to say that like, you know, it, it seemed like a saner decision when before the second baby (laughs) picture and then after that it was like uh, you know oh dear god and you know the but i mean i made i made it out and i i I did it in three years which you know teaching full-time and being married with two children and all that i think that's not bad yeah um (laughs) and i'm i'm always going to be glad that i did it although like there are definitely parts of my life that like I'm still playing catch up on now a year after I've finished (laughs) and, and it may still be, it may be like that for a little while longer. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah. So, so so how is, how is the like composition stuff different from like the Dr. Pants stuff or is there a difference and do you try and make it all the same thing? I mean, I, I think f- for me, it is all part of the same whole, mm-hmm. um, certainly because like, like in the, so the, the, the time in my life where this thing that I decided to call Dr. Pants was sort of, you know, started its life. Like I was, that was, you know, right after I had finished my bachelor's and, there was a part of me that was very much like, well, yes, I write, you know, these rock songs, but I also, you know, have written chamber music or I've written, you know, um, some of these, you know, strange electronic pieces or I've yeah, done this yeah. or that, whatever. Then all things that I've, some of those things are things that I ended up doing, <laughs> doing way better later on in, you know, my <laughs> master's degree or whatever, but a master's program. But, um, but I think there was always a part of me that was like, well, you know, there's, like I do all these things, but all these things are part of the same you yeah, know, yeah. big thing. And um, I think that there's, which is, it's, and that's in some ways a hard, that's a hard uh, sort of tack to, to, to take. Like, because yeah. I think most people, looking in from the outside, whether they're musicians or not, yeah, like very much want to separate those things. It's like, oh, well, you know, I mean, 
you know, oh, well, your Dr. Pants thing over here, that's kind of, that's, that's just, that's your, you know, your pop stuff. Yeah, and then yeah. over here, you've got this. And, but like, I mean, I think that it would be disingenuous to, to not say that like, at least there were small moments throughout, you know, the stuff that I've released under the name Dr. Pants where it's like, okay, but there's, you can hear here that there's maybe a little bit more going on than, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. is always happening in your average rock mm-hmm. band or whatever. But I, yeah, I don't, I, I feel like it does, yeah, it does kind of a disservice to my sort of creative mind to to be like, well, what about this thing? It's like, well, I, I do this thing, right? Like, and at the same time, I, I say that and I, I can't, I would be also dishonest to, to say that there weren't, you know, big differences in approach, you know, mm-hmm. depending on what yeah, thing, yeah. kind of thing that I'm working on. And, um, like, even if it's, even if it's still songwriting, like there's a difference from like, okay, well, I'm, th- I'm kind of thinking this is, you know, sort of, I, I have this song that, uh, that I'm want to work on. That's more like. It's probably more of an acoustic thing. It's a little bit more pure singer songwriter in that aspect. Yeah. Whereas there's this thing over here where it's like it's a song, but I'm very much thinking in terms of arranging it for a band as I'm writing it and yeah. that kind of thing. You know, and then there, there's this thing over here where it's like, oh, I'm thinking about you know, um, I'm writing for you know, f- four to a half dozen. Uh, monophonic instruments that are all playing <laughs> together and I have to think about how all that works and um, you know sh- mm-hmm. but at the same time you know that there's a freedom there that you don't necessarily have it's like if you're you know writing for like guitar bass and drums or whatever it's like ultimately you it, I, I don't there's not really a place where you can you can try real hard. Like there's, there's a <laughs> finite number of moments I can think of where it's like, Oh, someone managed to do that and totally buck, you know, traditional harmony. Like that's not a thing that's re- like, I was thinking about the song. I was thinking about the song. Jerry was a race car driver by Primus not too mm. long ago. And I was thinking about how I think it, arguably that song still has a tonal center, but like it is, it is really, really hard to peg that song down <laughs> harmonically, and but that is that's one of the only songs I can think of, like in sort of the pop world yeah, that, yeah. where that's the case, and um, and so it's it's just you just end up there. There are options that you kind of generally, and there are always exceptions, but mm-hmm. like generally you don't have as much in certain areas whereas like over here it's like i've got a woodwind quintet it's like okay that is i can seriously start to to screw around with some stuff now but like um but yeah i mean i at the same time yeah so on the one hand yes i feel like it's all part of the same (laughs) whole but on the other hand like it would be dishonest of me to say like and i approach it all the same way because right right yeah it's a ludicrous right but i i did see the uh the the short opera mm-hmm. that uh, you put on and I I will say that like it sounded like Doctor Pants <laughs> like that's a good that's an interesting t- <laughs> I, yeah you're the I think I don't know that well Rory would have he I, Rory didn't ever say oh that sounds like Doctor Pants so I guess that's it, there are some people definitely who, who who had heard it who you know um, 
also have heard my other work in that context. Like, I mean, that's, but I like, I like that it did sound like Dr. Pants, even though it was, <laughs> you know, sung by people who have, you know, much more classically trained voices than me, <laughs> sure. and, you know, whatever. But, but like the, like stylistically and all the content and stuff, yeah. it, it felt like Dr. Pants. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, <laughs> I, you know, it was funny when I, when I took on that project, I was like, I'm just going to kind of write what I want to write. Like I, mm. I think if I had been given that project, maybe in grad school, like it probably would have turned out differently than I, it had, than it did outside that context. Cause I yeah. was like, well, I don't have to really worry about, you know, what Dr. McGirl's going to say or anything like that. <laughs> I can just write the thing. Yeah. That, and, and I, you know, and I, and I took a, I took more, I probably took more of like a musical theater approach to it than maybe yeah, yeah. a couple of those other guys did. Those other operas had like, you know, like big time, like section, even for a 10 minute opera, long sections of like, you know, recitative where like yeah, they're, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, there was obviously a prescribed melody that they were, or notes that they were singing, but it wasn't necessarily melodic. It was more like, we are talking, but we're singing the, you know, and yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas I was like, no, everything, you know, I'll write it as if I'll write it in, you know, in, I'll write the libretto in a, in a verse oriented fashion. Exactly. And then from there, like, since the words are written in a verse oriented fashion, then the songs will end up coming you know, to, or the parts will be pieces of mm. it will come in, end up coming together in that way. And so, you know, it didn't really, it didn't have any recitative in it at all. And it was all, you know, just mm -hmm. either like there was one, you know, there was a started with a duet and then an aria, and then another duet and then. <laughs> another duet and then a trio at the end. I can't really remember, but right, it was, right. but yeah. And so, so yeah, it just I, I but I liked the way it turned out. And I was like, I don't, I don't in any way, you know, wish that I had done it differently. And um, and so, so yeah. And I, I, it was, it was, it for the first time felt like something, like something that actually maybe kind of did sort of bridge those worlds yeah, yeah. a little bit. You know? <laughs> so, um, going back to the teaching thing yes for a little bit um how is teaching music different or similar to making music i i acknowledge that these questions are hard and no that's fine <laughs> uh, um I don't really know how it's similar. Like I, maybe it's similar to making music in that, like you just sort of keep at it and eventually you get better at it <laughs> than you were when you started. Um, I, you know, certainly I mean, I certainly my experiences making music definitely inform yeah, yeah. what I do as a teacher, but I don't, but it's amazing how, it's amazing how separate they can become. Yeah. Because um, I think that there, there have been a lot of moments or there have been moments where I have realized like, I could probably continue doing this the teaching part for a really long time and sort of 
<laughs> let sort of the creative making music part suffer or sort of or mm. let go of it and like it probably wouldn't necessarily affect my yeah, ability yeah. to teach all that much mm. but i but the same but you know that's not that's obviously sort of not what you want to right. happen but um but you know and but i think even you know being here at acm and you know teaching in a contemporary music school where it's like we're concerned with you know primarily various modes of popular music like mm-hmm. um and then you know being in grad school for 3 years where i was doing hardly any of that at all <laughs> yeah. and you know doing this other stuff over here like there were moments where i felt like well you know i'm still teaching and i'm teaching fine like there's not really anything wrong with the teaching that I'm doing, but at the same time, like I, you know, maybe didn't feel like as in touch with some of the direct subject matter because I wasn't as engaged in it, um, in outside of the classroom. But, um, but yeah, I, I, so I don't know. I don't know that, I don't know that the act of teaching music and the act of making music, I don't know how alike they are, but at the same yeah, time, yeah. but it's, I guess, you know, and even the, and they can sort of exist independently of each other. But I think that maybe eventually, you know, if you do, you know, more of the teaching and less of the music making, like maybe eventually some sort of disconnect or maybe, <laughs> or quality issue starts mm. to creep in. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I'd certainly, um, there's, I'm sure there is. Mm. You know, sure. Other than just the general position that you know, it is good for people to continue to make things. Like, yeah, yeah. There's probably <laughs> there's there's probably a reason why you know most you know universities and you know the their various sort of arts departments like they want their faculty members to be making things like yeah, yeah. not not there i mean there's a lot of reasons like well it you know helps make the their their university visible or get may helps them look you know all that kind of thing but sure. i think there is probably more an inherent connection of like well because it continues it probably makes you better in the classroom in some mm-hmm. way also whether we can quantify exactly what that is or not exactly you know. <laughs> um and then Last question on this vein before I switch gears. Uh, What advice do you have for young musicians? Mm. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's hard out here for us. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I... There are... I think I think that it's funny because I, I I think a lot about probably more than I should about <laughs> um, you know things that I could have done differently as a younger musician mm-hmm. or uh, ways that I could have worked harder or all that kind of thing. Like as I came out of my undergrad into my early twenties and things like that. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, I want to acknowledge for you or for whoever else that right. that is a really hard time in your life. Mm-hmm. Like 
people are, I think it's just starting to be an accepted idea that like graduating from college is a real, can be a real downer. Mm. <laughs> um, despite the achievement of it, right, like, right. um, you know, it's kind of like somebody's just, you know, like, you know, like the bus gets there and they just drop you off and you're like, what, what now? Like, and, yeah. and I think that, so I, as I say that, as I talk about, well, there are probably things that I could have done differently. I also feel as though it's important to acknowledge, I, like, I, I don't want to, I'm really bad at, um, really bad about, uh, minimizing my own sort of like <laughs> struggles and difficulties that I've mm. gone through, whether it be emotionally or whatever. And so, um, so yeah, so I feel like it, we should say, we should say, no, that can be a really hard time. And mm-hmm. it is possible no matter how, uh, much I want to reevaluate and look back <laughs> on it, that, that maybe I did do the best that I could. Mm. Um, but, uh, but I think that working hard is important. I think that um, uh, knowing that, like, or at least sort of assuming or operating from the perspective of no one is going to hand you anything. Yeah, like that is probably a good way to 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 try and operate. Somebody may hand you something at some point, mm-hmm. but. It, you certainly can't count on it, and yeah. um, and I think that I don't know if I maybe at some point uh, for a while there did think I was going to get handed something, or I, you know I don't really know, but I know that um, at a certain point I realized that like the important part for me was just like as long as I'm just regularly getting off my ass and doing something whether yeah. it was you know playing gigs or writing something or trying to you know release some sort of project to you know whatever degree of public indifference like i you know mm-hmm. i was but that it was that was all and all i knew and all i continue to know and it's amazing how like i'll forget the basic thing and come back to it like for me it's like you know the if 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 there's music being made, I'm making it. I'm making new things. I'm doing that. Whatever. Like for whatever reason, you know, that is ultimately the beginning and end of of sort of my not reason for doing it, but like that's that that seems to be what what my sort of psyche and everything responds best yeah. to it's like well no i'm doing the thing so as long as i'm doing the thing you know it's not about not necessarily about how people are responding to the thing although you can't help but dwell on that sometimes but i, I think that it's uh, the other thing that that occurred to me when you asked that question is the um and i don't know it super well but the book uh letters to a young poet by rainer maria rilke i don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with that book I'm not. So that book, and my wife introduced me to that book, like when we were dating, and it's basically Rainer Maria Rilke. Rainer Maria Rilke was a poet, and at some point, a, a younger 
aspiring poet started writing him letters and sending him his poetry to mm-hmm. how, to for you know advice criticism all that yeah. and the book is you never actually read any of the stuff that that guy sent him yeah the book is just a compilation of his letters that he wrote back yeah to the to the poet and um you know the one part of it that i always remember is that, you know he's talking about um you know he's like you you ask me if your poems are good like you know ultimately like that is not the important question you know the mm. the important question is you know that i think he's like that i think and this is all paraphrased but that i think every writer should ask themselves and you could you can sort of uh extrapolate and say every you know creatively driven person should yeah, ask yeah. themselves is, you know he says the question you should be asking yourself is you know d like in your darkest you know hour in your quietest moments like you know uh, you know, must I write? You know? mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and if, if, if in those moments you find that the answer is yes, then, you know, then that is, that is the only important thing. And I think, especially in a world where, and I'm sure this can probably, probably lead into some other discussion of something yes, else you definitely. want to talk about, but like, especially in a world where, you know, just things seem to be getting crazier every day. Like to me, the, and it's something I think I've always known either consciously or unconsciously is that like the only meaningful response for me personally to the human condition is to make things that I, and I don't know (laughs) what else to do. And I think that for, for, for young musicians, my advice is like, you got to figure out if you're one of those people, because ultimately Mm. like, you know, there's going to be some point or multiple points in your life where like that is literally the only reason you have for doing it. And if you don't have that reason there, then you will quit and it will be done. Like, and, and so I think for me, it's like, okay, my advice is, okay, figure it out. Like, like, you know, really go deep and be like, is this the thing that like, I feel compelled to do beyond any other for, for whatever reason. And, and some people it's the answer is going to be, no, it's not. And, you know, and that's okay. There are, sadly, there are probably some people who are, might even be, you know, famous for making music in some capacity who like that actually probably isn't the answer Mm -hmm. that they, that they would give in those moments. But that, you know, we live in a strange world and Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that don't make sense. And, you know, my my advice is like you have to figure out you know how to make sense of it for yourself or how to make um make continuing to get up every day with the intention of making things um you know a priority for yourself in the face of you know potential potential indifference you know mm-hmm. or or lack of financial success or whatever it is mm-hmm. cuz the you know they're there's just a lot of us that are just going to struggle with those problems just inevitably just because of the way that, you know, the way that our culture and our society approaches approaches art and creativity at mm-hmm. this point. And maybe some of that will change eventually. I don't I don't have any idea, but yeah. I'm alive right now. We're alive right now, so we've got to figure out how to way a way to make sense of it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the, the way things are right now. Mhm. Um uh, given the way that 
time has gone with these questions. Uh, I might have to just like split the first podcast into two podcasts. And so that'll just be the second podcast. Okay. So I'll ask one more question and that'll probably be like the end of the first podcast. So okay. like, stay tuned till next Sorry, week. I can kind of, I can talk a lot. The, so, I, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. um, so <laughs> the last question for this one, uh, why is music important to have in the world? Oh God. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I go back, I go back and forth. There's a part of me that feels like, well, it's more, it is, it is insolent on the part of musicians, musicians to feel like music is somehow, you know, can be qual, you know, quantified as more important than any other form of art or creativity. Mm. Um, I certainly feel like it well, it's you know, art and creativity are important to have in the world because, um, they, they encourage, uh, you know, reflection. They, uh, in terms of what, you know, people think and feel and they create community, not only in terms of like community around, the act of creating, but also mm. community in terms of, uh, you know, experiencing the creative work and what that means in terms of people's, uh, ability to, uh, feel connected to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of my professors in undergrad, uh, theorized that, uh, music was a basic human function. And I was a, it was a strange way to put it. And I still, there are still days where I, I, I try and kind of like unpack like what exactly he meant by that. But, mm. but what he contextually, what he would say, he's like, you know, he, he would, he would throw this out like after he had sort of played a recording of like, you know, uh, a pygmy tribe, you know, who basically like, on the audio recording had just done like, had just done this improvised piece of music of just like these sort of funny vocalizations back and forth. Yeah. You know? And uh, so like the idea that like, no, it's something that's like wired into people, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I, on the one hand, like, I don't, I don't necessarily have a lot of, a lot that I could say to dispute that idea. You know, on the other hand, it's like, well, you know, you can argue like, well, um, is it a basic human function when, you know, there are, you know, people in the population who don't have any real interest in engaging in it or, you know, I, you know, I don't know, or maybe they're just, mm. maybe they, that's, they're only that way because something in their, you know, <laughs> life experienced, you know, sort of pushed them into that hole. You know, mm. I don't, I don't know, but, um, but I know that, and also f- for someone like me who is so yeah yeah <laughs> like like she so lives and breathes the stuff like it's hard for me to be like you know like anything i say is going to kind of carry the bias of like well of course it's important <laughs> why would you know like you know it's the only reason that you know i get up every day like it's not the only reason but i mean i think that yeah i i think that it's it it clearly is i mean i think for me you know, it does tie into like the larger idea of like, you know, creativity and art as a whole are important. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's, 
there is probably something, but there's something unique about the experience yeah. of, you know, uh, you know, our ears perceiving the movement of air molecules that that connects to us in a way that maybe other art forms don't necessarily do, mm. you know? And so I, so I guess the answer is, you know, yes, it is important. Um, you know, I think that the why is probably still up for debate, but you know, <laughs> I've threw out a few possibilities. There, right. You know, <laughs> um, Thank you for doing this with me. Sure. Uh, this is, uh, it's been a long time coming. Yes. I've been yes. asking you to do it for a while. Well, no, so. yeah. And I'm glad <laughs> I was finally able to be like, okay. Yeah, and then, you know, after, as as sort of, you know, re- nearing the end of like sort of like the first school year without grad school in the mix, like it was, I finally started to, the I had settled down, things had settled down enough to where I was like, okay. Let's look at like the short list of the things that like people have asked me to do in the last couple of years that I haven't <laughs> been able to do. Okay, there's this, there's this. Oh yeah, and there's Santiago's podcast. Okay, <laughs> let's see if we can make that work. And so yeah. Well, thank you. Sure. As a very, I mean, it's inspiring to me, but uh, it's also like I'm I'm grateful to uh, have had you as a teacher. Oh um, well, thanks. <laughs> um, so for all the plugging things at the end, where can we find you and your stuff? Plugging things. Okay, so uh, well, drpants.com, D-O-C-T-O-R, pants.com is the main website, but it does need some love right now. It's, it's sort <laughs> of in a state of, of uh, uh, non-currency, but, uh, but I'm working on that. That's on the list also of the things that I've let go over the last few years that I'm going <laughs> to fix up. Um, certainly probably the, the, our, the band camp, the Dr. Pants band camp. So drpants.bandcamp.com has, um, all the Dr. Pants recordings as well as recordings I've done under the name weird files, which is kind of another sort of aspect of my stuff. And then, uh, there's the, it's got the, the 1993 cassette on it right now. And, uh, so that's a good spot. And then of course we're, I'm on all the social media, facebook.com slash DR pants music, Twitter at DR pants, Instagram at DR pants five, <laughs> YouTube DR pants five, starting going to try and do some more stuff there soon. Um, I think that's all the major ones. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that covers it. And then, uh, if we're plugging performances, Dr. Pants will be doing a full electric band show at the root on June 30th. Cool. So there's, there's that too. Yeah. Um, quick ish question. Well, actually I had, uh, one quick question from the other end of the podcast. Uh, cake or pie? Cake or pie. Oh man. Um, Push comes to shove, probably cake, but like, I mean, but pie is good too. <laughs> I'm probably, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge sweets guy. Like they're like sort of like the half dozen sweet things that I just really, really love. Um, and my cake tastes are really simple. I love a yellow cake with like a vanilla or a buttercream icing, something like that. Nice. Um, and pie, like I really, I love an apple pie, like a la mode with vanilla ice cream. Um, 
but I also like a pecan pie, uh, you know. <laughs> um, key lime pie is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I like them both, but <laughs> but I but you know, but yeah. Every year on my birthday, it's yellow cake with the the white vanilla nice. frosting. <laughs> so. And then uh, a sort of pick your favorite child sort of question. Uh, what is your favorite Dr. Pants album right now? Mm, well, <laughs> I have, there's, you know, I, it's kind of not fair. Like, cause I, <laughs> I have, you know, the, I did the project called the trip, which we, I released as like four separate EPs initially, but yeah. like, but it, then we, then I compiled it onto this double album and mm-hmm. like, uh, and like, but I, so that's definitely my favorite because I feel like it's, a really like especially when you put it all together it's a very very um it it comprises sort of like all the things that i really tried or wanted dr pants to to be if you know mm-hmm. for the first however many years of its existence um but at the same time it kind of feels like a cop out well it's like <laughs> well, you know, um it's kind of like you were able to pick four releases but like <laughs> but at the same time you know i i i intend yeah, I, I had all the songs all the songs were finished before i started mm-hmm. the first ep and um uh and there were things about it where we did that we did do all at once like dustin ragland and i have sat in his house for you know two days straight and literally tracked <laughs> literally tracked the drums to all 21 songs Dang. And so, you know, so there were things about it where it's like, no, it really was sort of done as a whole. And, yeah, yeah. All, you know, all the production and engineering contexts were the same. And um, and so so it kind of, even though even though we would finish five or six songs, put them out, and then finish the next five or six, put them out, like it was still, it was still kind of all one thing. And so yeah, um, <laughs> I'm incredibly proud of that, that body of work. And I don't, I, part of getting back into sort of writing songs again yeah. has been getting past the idea that like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to top that. And so, and, but realizing that like, okay, first of all, it doesn't matter or you have to make it not matter on some level, but then also be like, okay, just don't put yourself in a box of thinking that like, well, nothing yeah, I will yeah. ever do will be as good as blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Listen go. to the trip. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, once again, I'm Santiago Ramones. Hand gesture. Yes, and I'm Doctor Pants, David <laughs> Broyles. Uh, you can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Yep. I make music. I have this podcast. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to it on YouTube or on Stitcher. I don't know who listens on Stitcher, but you can. I don't even know what Stitcher is. It's a podcast platform. Oh, there you go. All right. uh, or you can listen to it straight from my website, and you can comment on all the things. You can leave reviews on all the things. Um, and you can find my music on my website. I have a demo that you can pay zero money on or <laughs> a hundred monies on whatever you want to do. Um, and, uh, since I'm in also in grad school, Uh so, uh, I'm not putting out a whole lot right now, but I am performing a little bit. So, uh, this Friday, which from the context of this podcast will be tomorrow, Mm. uh, (laughs) uh, I will be playing, uh, 
a set at Kendall's bar uh, with uh, Tyler Sexton and mm. Packing for Pluto. So mm. I don't know what the order of that is, but that's... Uh, so I'm doing something different. Solid lineup, though. Yeah. Um, I'm using my laptop to play everything, and it's a little scary. But oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that should be fun. Join me on that if you feel like it. I always end my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. <laughs>